0: Listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820 brings you Raising Saints, an AM820 production designed for parents
1: who desire to raise the saints in their life. And now, Raising Saints with Katie Wyatt. Hello and welcome to Raising Saints, the show for Catholic parents. I'm your host, Katie Wyatt, and you're listening to AM820 St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. Here on Raising Saints, we talk to teenagers about the topics that matter most— And we invite you, parents, to listen in on our conversations. We hope and pray that in joining us, you'll gain insight, wisdom, and courage to have these conversations with your own kids. So a couple of weeks ago on the program, we did a show in which we answered questions that parents have asked. About raising Catholic kids, and we only got through about half of the questions. So we want to make sure we cover all of them. And today's episode is part two of parent questions. So we've reassembled the teen. They did such a good job at our, on our last episode of um, answering your questions, listeners. So we wanted to invite them back to to continue. So tell us your name and where you go to church.
2: My name is Maureen, and I go to St. Bridget. My name is Caitlin, and I go to St. Bridget.
3: My name's Zach, and I go to St. John Newman.
2: Okay, great. Well, thank you
1: for coming back. Um, and as we did last time, we just are going to sort of randomly throw out questions. There's no real thread to them or, um, or pattern to them. These are just questions that we've been asked. So the first one that we have is, how do you avoid comparing yourself to others? Or do you? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think it's really hard for, I mean, especially teenage girls. Um, I think every teenage girl or most of them Compare themselves to others, uh, but I think that it's important to what to know that once you become comfortable in your own skin is when you can stop comparing yourself to others. I think once you know who you are and you're comfortable with that, then it becomes a lot easier. Caitlin, how do you how
1: do you find that out? How do you figure that out? Who you are?
2: Well, especially for me, it helps to have a good uh, like set of friends like that have the same morals as you. I especially through youth group, you can just be yourself uh, and just kind of do what you like to do and experiment with new things. When you're not with your
1: friends from youth group, do you struggle like everyone else does with
2: comparing yourself to others? I used to, but Mm -hmm. now I'm just I'm fine with being who I am. Oh my gosh, that's so awesome!
1: Because <laughs> it's hard to do. Even like if you have these moments where I'm comfortable with who I'm, who I am. I know who God created me to be. I mean, y- you walk out of the world and get smacked in the face with, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think, um, yeah, having other friends um, that you know uh, are also you know like you, um, confident in themselves is really really important. And even when you're not with those friends just knowing out that there are other people out there like you um, and who will stand by you, even if you're in a situation where they're not necessarily present with you in the moment. It's just a good thing to know that you've always got those people to fall back on.
1: Have you been in situations where you... Where you- are surrounded by people who share your values and you're like, oh my gosh, there are more people than than I thought there were. I think
0: that would totally, totally sum up the NCYC experience.
1: Yeah, the National Catholic Youth Conference. Yeah, you look around like, wow, really? There are 20,000 people in this
2: country? That was so cool because you could just be crazy and everybody would be the same like you could just go up to people and be like hey let's get a picture like selfie right
1: <laughs> i did selfies with bishops at nc wise it was so awesome because they just walk around like you know they're just there hanging out it, it was i have a whole collection on my facebook i was really proud of it uh but that's totally unrelated to our conversation today so um caitlin you mentioned that you said especially girls compare themselves to others zach do you guys do that too
3: um yeah, I think guys do that, too. I mean, I can't really speak on behalf of girls. Um,
1: <laughs> right. That's why I asked you about yeah. guys.
3: <laughs> um, I think guys, I don't know, you just do the how should I dress, like, what's in style, all this. But once you just, yeah, um, basically, like they've both said, get a group of friends. Um, you just stop doing that. And you're just <laughs> confident in everything.
1: And friends who just love you for who you are. Yeah. Like, that. that's when... When you know that you're around the right people, you can just be yourself, and they love you for who you are. And mm-hmm. That's hard. That's hard for some kids, you know, to to find that niche. But you guys all seem to have found that at youth group. I feel like we talked about youth group last <laughs> time. Yeah. 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 So, but but we can't emphasize enough that church kids are going to be your yeah, <laughs> your right friends. Yeah. Um, another question we had is how can I impart? And this is sort of related. It might be sort of the same answer, but how can I impart to my daughter? that she is perfect in God's eyes. Can a parent impart that to their kid? Yeah,
0: I definitely think, um, you know, just, uh, you know, by lifting, lifting her up um, as, as your daughter is definitely important and just encouraging her to spend time with other people who will do the same um, is really important. And I feel like self-image has a lot to do with the people that you surround yourself with. Um, My dad always says uh, you can fly with the eagles or hang with the buzzards. Um, And the eagles are the ones who look out for each other and they take the moral high ground. Um, And if you're associating yourself with with buzzards, then they're going to pull you down um, and lead you towards bad things like, um, you know, poor self-image or other bad decisions. And I think that your support system has a lot to do with how you look at yourself and how you make choices.
2: That's a great analogy. I like that. (laughs) I also think it's important to know that uh, everyone's made in God's image. And as Pam says, God doesn't make junk. And Pam, yeah. you're talking about Pam
1: Heil, who's Hyle. your youth minister at St. Yeah. Bridget. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so I think that's important because if you know that, then you know that God made you perfect the way he wants you to be.
1: What if you're, what if you, can you think of anything specific that your parents have done to, to help you understand how perfect you are in God's eyes or I mean, are there specific things or is it just sort of in general, you always knew that they loved you and that they thought you were amazing and that?
3: I think it's just like a parent's attitude toward their child. Like, it's not really anything you can do. It's just like how you treat them. And um, yeah, I don't really think there's any like one thing that you can do.
1: It's sort of just in general, a way you relate, like being present to your kid. Yeah. You know, rather just than
3: being present in your child's life. Yeah definitely would help.
1: I think there are like
0: little things, like all the little things that add up like to have a bit a big impact. Um, you know, just like writing a note in your kid's lunch, like I find those all the time. Um, and I don't know, I'm I just glad think... to hear you say that. Because <laughs>
1: yeah. I do used to do that. I, too, yes. Like... <laughs> I know. And
0: I, it's going to sound really stupid. It is just so nice to like, you know, like I love you or I'm proud of you, you're beautiful. Um, I don't know, just just little things like that, saying that, writing notes, um, you know, just, you know, lifting them up. Um, I think that, you know, a lot of kids don't like to act like that's important to them. But it is. It is to everyone. And hearing that from people that you care about is really important.
1: You know, my mom used to put notes in my lunchbox and I just took them for granted, you know, and sometimes rolled my eyes and thought they were stupid or whatever. (laughs) But sure enough, I put notes in my kids lunch. I mean, it it makes more of an impact on you than maybe even you're aware Mm -hmm. at the time. So anything other little fun things your parents have done? (laughs) As a parent, I'm like looking for tips. (laughs) um, Okay, next question. How do you focus on God's will for your life with all the influences that steer you toward a more secular morality?
3: I mean, definitely um, just have a group of friends that won't pull you down. Um, that will respect the decisions that you make and the moral values that you have, and they won't try and change them. Um, I'm definitely thankful for my friend group that they don't do that to me and that they lift me up um, in all the decisions that I make.
1: Do they help you, Zach, discern God's will for your life? Like, do they go Do they go that far? Do they take you to that level? Um,
3: I definitely have my youth group friends that do that. Um, my school friends, not really so much. They're just Christian, not um, Catholic, and don't really practice that much. Um, But they still respect my morals. Mm
0: -hmm. I think um, especially, you know, focusing on God's will in your life is especially, um, uh, you know, easier to do when you're thinking about, like, what comes after death, like, what you're working for um, beyond just, like, life on earth um, and remembering um, that, you know, all the crazy things that are going on in the world today— um, don't really matter. Uh, and, you know, keeping your eye on the prize.
1: How do you do that though? How do you remind yourself, okay, this is temporal, this is earthly, this doesn't matter.
0: Um, I think, you know, you've just always got to keep that, keep that into perspective. Um, and, uh, just look at things from the big picture. Um, you know, is this a decision or, um, you know, is this something that is going to bring me closer, um, to that goal of, um, that goal of heaven, or is it going to take me away? Because that, that's forever, and life is very short.
1: How did you learn that? How did you learn to have that mindset? Do you know? Do you remember?
0: <laughs> uh, you know, I'm not really sure. Uh, I think, uh, you know, it's just something that I've gotten through prayer. It's um, something that I think I've gotten through my grandparents and through my dad, just their attitude. They haven't really, you know, we, we don't really talk about it, Um, I just think that, you know, there are little things and there are big things, um, and a lot of the little things can take us away from God, and it's not worth sacrificing that relationship for those little things.
1: Um, Okay, now we're entering into questions that get a little bit tougher to talk about. (laughs) Um, So this one is, my daughter doesn't want to hear about sex from me. She feels like I'm lecturing her. Who are the good chastity speakers that relate well to teenagers? Who are some of your favorites?
3: Um, definitely Jason Evert and Kristalina Evert. Um, Kristalina Evert, probably more if it's a girl. Um, Jason, if it's a guy, just because of the different perspectives on it. Um, also, Kristofanik. I've heard both of the speakers, and every time it just changes my whole outlook.
1: Is um, there is there something specific you would point to that you've heard Jason Evert or Kristalina Evert or Kristofanik say that changed your perspective? or... Reoriented.
3: Um, I mean, it's just like everything that they've been through and everything that they talk about. I mean, I remember that um one of them said um something about absent and chastity not being the same thing. And I used to think that it was always the same thing, but they said um no it's not because absence is just never maybe having the opportunity never being in that situation, but chastity is a lifestyle that you live and you think about every day.
1: And you choose and you prayerfully, yeah, yeah, right. And applies to everybody. Like abstinence doesn't necessarily apply to everybody, depending on if you're married or if you're single, if right. you have publication. Mm-hmm. a But chastity is for everyone, right? Yes, I remember, I remember learning or hearing that from um, Jason Everett and thinking, oh, that's a cool distinction. Yeah. What about you, Caitlin? Do you have any speakers that you've heard that have made an impact on you or...
2: Uh, really, the only ones that I've heard are um, the ones that I one. mentioned. Yeah, I really like those. I think it's important to also know that um, your like, sexuality is a gift. And I think that um, you don't have to like go out and put yourself out there. Like, If you wait for marriage and if you stay um, chaste, then uh, it'll make your marriage more meaningful. And I think that's really important to know that uh, if you wait for marriage, then it'll make love that much better. <laughs> I know um, our youth minister at
0: St. Bridges, Pam Heil, gives um, a talk to probably, I think, six or seven different parishes um, of religious ed students who are preparing for confirmation on chastity. Um, and that was probably the first the first talk that I'd gotten to, and it was definitely, um, you know, very good and was the main reason why, you know, I joined youth group um, was because I liked her so much um, and what she had to say. But I think... Um, It's important to remember that, you know, chastity is not like this pitiful, horrible existence for cavemen. I feel like that is the attitude of society. Like, you know, it's just like, oh, it's just too hard and it's too much. Um, And it's really um, just understanding that there is a time and place for sex in a loving married relationship. Um, And it's a responsibility that we're all called to lifelong. Um, And, you know, it isn't some sort of horrible burden necessarily.
1: This wasn't one of the questions that our that our listeners asked, but just going off what you guys are talking about, when you f- when you first heard, sort of the truth about sexuality, how was it different from what you'd heard all along, or or is this the message that you've been hearing all along because just because of your circumstances, your situation or, or whatever? Or was there a time when you heard this message, the truth about our sexuality, and you were like, wow, that's so different from everything I've ever heard?
3: I mean, I've heard um, chastity talks starting from seventh grade, so this is where I started off learning. And um, But then when you listen to the media and all that, then the perspective gets changed, and your judgment gets kind of cloudy um, until you really find out the truth for yourself which is chastity for me and should be for everyone
1: that's a really good perspective I'm glad you said that because you're right it's easy to learn it when you're young and impressionable and you're like you'll believe anything mm-hmm. you know yeah. You'll, you'll yeah. but then as you form your own opinion and even for adults it's important for us to continue to form our hearts and our minds um, in truth because like you said Zach we just things get twisted and we get tricked and we get manipulated and yeah Caitlin, were you going to add to that? Oh, okay. I thought you were (laughs) going to say. I think
0: um, uh, I went to um, a Catholic school through seventh grade. um, And through that and just my family background, uh, you know, chastity was always something that, you know, we all worked. We all worked towards and um, we were all, uh, I don't know, it definitely wasn't a foreign concept to me. Um, So, yeah, in that impressionable state, like I was, I was aware that, um, you know, being called to the married life is... A commitment and a responsibility um, and uh, I think what was uh, interesting for me was moving to the public school system where you know not everyone is pagan heathen but there are a lot of people out there who don't believe what you do um, and I think it was very good for me to um, you know first uh, you know get that just you know like I was impressionable um, and uh, you know just have people tell me that chastity is the right thing and then I was thrown into an environment where a lot of people don't believe that or have, you know, just this cavalier attitude about it. Um, And it just, you know, going into that situation, um, I already knew um, where I stood and where my beliefs were. So it only strengthened um, my
1: position. So your solid foundation was helpful to you in that situation. Mm -hmm. Okay, we're going to move on to the next question. You're listening to Raising Saints on AM 820. I'm Katie Wyatt, and we're here today with Zach Caitlin. And Maureen, and we're answering questions um, from parents and from listeners, um, and we're gonna we're gonna address the most difficult topic. I think it's the most difficult topic for any Catholic uh, right now because it, it's just it's just kind of heart wrenching and kind of um, a lot of Catholics don't understand the Church's teaching on it. But we're gonna talk about homosexuality, and the question is: My teen is struggling with the Church's stand. Church's stand on homosexuality because he has friends who are gay. How was this teaching presented to you so that it made sense?
2: Well, we've been talking about this like a lot in theology lately. Um, We've been taught always that obviously marriage is for a woman and a man and that's in the Bible and that's how it says it is. But uh, we were also taught that just because you're gay doesn't mean uh, you necessarily chose to be that way and doesn't mean necessarily a bad person because God made him or her that way and uh, God would never make somebody the way that he doesn't want them to be. But it is also important to remember that God uh, or the Bible says that it is between a man and a woman.
1: Anybody want to add anything about what you've learned about homosexuality that's helped it make sense to you or... Um, I know
0: uh, that we had a, a priest come in and talk to us uh, during religious ed, I think um, and I think homosexuality is an enormous cross to bear and I can't imagine um, i I can't imagine uh, living with that and you know avoiding the temptation um, to act on those feelings um, I, I have friends who are like that, and my heart just goes out to them because that is a very it's just a very tough situation and to be friends with them it's also hard you know to stand by um you know those beliefs that you know they just have to um find a way to be happy without acting on those feelings um because like caitlin said um marriage is for a man and a woman it's supposed to be procreative and unitive um and that's just not possible with two men or two women um and all you all i can do is just pray for those people because that is just a horrible, horrible situation to be in.
1: That's where the distinction about chastity came in, was very helpful to me. Um, And the fact that chastity, we are all called to be chaste. So that's the same whether you're straight or gay or married or single or, you know, and, and, and for me that helped sort of put it in perspective. Well, what is love that is chaste? What does that look like? Well, it looks a little bit different for a married person than it does for a person you know with homosexual attraction you know so so for me that that just sort of helped clarify but but you're right it doesn't help you feel any less bad just for people who are struggling with it, what a what a calling what a high calling that is to write to be to be homosexual and to not be not have a necessarily a vocation to religious life or ordained life you know definitely not be called to marriage so like Lord what are you calling me to what right. am I supposed to you know that must yeah. be um but I do think praise God that as Catholics we're learning to express it much more compassionately and to even understand it with a lot more compassion and a lot more love um so whoever asks this question there's no easy answer yeah. <laughs> um but but uh we we press on with that, and we're moving forward as a culture in ways that we just have to keep learning, keep growing, keep praying. So um, this next question, uh, my approach to the contraception teaching might be a little dated, and that's in quotes. I'm not sure 100% what that means, but I'm curious as to how we're imparting that teaching to young people these days. So I think what this question is, like, I'm guessing, and I don't I don't know, I'm sorry, listener, if, if I'm <laughs> not representing well, but uh, that this person learned you just don't contracept because it, the church says you just don't contracept, you know, and you're getting in God's way, whatever. Um, and I think what this listener wants to know is, how are you guys learning about contraception? How is it being taught to you? <laughs> we talked yes. about this yes. before we recorded, and you guys
0: I, I mean honestly, I think that um it's something that a lot of people like to avoid um because avoid uh, teaching, avoid, avoid, avoid teaching and mm-hmm. talking about because um you know, if you talk about the church's stance on contraception, um you are potentially alienating. I don't know what like the recent statistics are, but like ninety percent of Catholics who go to mass every Sunday do not follow the teaching of contraception. yeah, I don't that know was, if that's
1: the right statistic, but it's it's it's, and, it's not a low percentage.
0: yes. um, so it's definitely. Um, something that you know your religious ed teacher may not believe in it, or um, they may follow every other church doctrinal um, statement or whatever, um, but on this one thing they disagree. Um, so I think uh, you know it's just um, honestly through religious ed or through uh, my religion class through elementary school, um, contraception was never mentioned, birth control never mentioned, um, and if it wasn't for my family. Um, and knowing where we stand on it, I wouldn't know that the church has a stance on it at all.
1: So there's your answer, listener. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably not the one you wanted, but I don't know, Caitlin or Zach. Do you have a different experience, or have you had a different experience?
3: No, I mean most people really don't like to talk about it too much. Is what I've experienced.
1: You know, I know that in the theology of the body curriculum, it it is addressed. Uh, brilliantly so beautifully and so clearly and it makes perfect sense and so um if you're if you're a parent who's trying to figure out how to impart the teaching on contraception actually you can you can youtube it <laughs> you can find chris uh chris Stefanik or jason evert or Kristalina evert or uh, chris Paget or i mean there are a lot of really good, solid Catholic uh, Bob Rice, just a lot of good, solid Catholic teachers who speak eloquently on this and who understand it theologically and scientifically and biologically, and um, and can really help help you you personally understand it, and then help you help your child understand it too. But a, a theology of the body, um, which was eloquently articulated for us uh, by Pope John Paul II is, has been redistributed in lots of different ways um, for teens and for beginners and in its original form and that sort of thing. So that's where I would start if you're looking for that information. Okay, a couple more questions. Uh, my kids hate to go to
2: Mass. What am I doing wrong? <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> I don't think you're doing anything wrong. I think most kids don't like to go to church. But I mean, just force them to go. I mean, my parents forced me to go and I really didn't like mass at all. But now I really enjoy it. And now I know that now I understand. I I think I didn't understand it very much as a kid. How did you come to understand it then? What's changed? Uh, Well, I just started listening, actually listening to the readings and understanding that Jesus really is present and God is present. And I think it was cool to see the transformation of the body and the blood um, and knowing that that's Jesus and that I'm actually receiving him and then I can feel like, closer to God while I'm there. So with maturity and some more,
1: just informing yourself some more, you learned mm-hmm. to love what's happening at Mass.
0: Considering it's only an hour out of your week, uh, you know, praise and worship our Lord. It, um, a- as a kid, I thought it was a pain, but it's, it's really not that much um, and it it's a, an obligation, you know, to honor our Lord, and um, it's the least we can do is to give Him an hour of our time, and you know, let Him know how things are going,
1: <laughs> and and to incentivize incentivize it. Uh, and the kids I know who who really love going to mass, who don't mind, it's it's like a family event, you know, like they they go to mass together, and then they go out to breakfast, or they eat, like like there's there's excitement surrounding the experience of going Mm -hmm. to mass so that they're just loving the family time until they get to the point where maybe they're old enough to, to digest it and understand it. And I cannot believe we're out of time. Oh my gosh. But we did get through all our questions this time. So that's good. Um, But let's pray in the name of the father and of the son and of the Holy spirit. Amen. Lord Jesus, we love you and we praise you and we thank you for this opportunity to come together. Lord, we thank you for our children that you have entrusted to us. We ask you to help us, Lord, as we attempt to raise saints. And we ask that you help us seek wisdom. And when we have questions, help us seek answers. And we ask you to help us lift each other up, Lord, as parents, come together, work together, support each other. And we ask all of this in your name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You've been listening to Raising Saints on AM 820, St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. I'm Katie Wyatt. And parents, until next time, grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Bye now.
2: Raising Saints is a production of listener-supported
0: St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM 820. Archives of Raising Saints with Katie Wyatt are available at stgabrielradio.com. com.